Welcome to the podcast, From Crisis to Connection. I'm Jeff Stewart, licensed marriage and family therapist, and I'll be bringing the professional perspective. I'm Jody Stewart, unlicensed wife, mother, daughter, sister, friend, and neighbor, and I'll be bringing the regular everyday perspective. We are all about relationship recovery, and we'll tackle tough topics like infidelity, abuse, addiction, pornography, and betrayal trauma. We also focus on helping you build stronger connections in your most important relationships. So thanks for joining us. We're glad you're here. Welcome back, everybody. Yeah, we're glad you're here with us again. Do you want to plug Connection Plus real quick? Yeah. Yeah, I will. We'd love to have you come join us in Connection Plus. We've got a good thing going over there and and we've got a a great community where you can interact with us and others. We have concentrated, focused um, attention on good principles. There's some live coaching opportunities and a lot of good information and resources. So yeah, we'd love to have you come join us inside Connection Plus. And you can find oh, that, yeah. yeah, you can find out more information on that at connectionpluscommunity.com. Mm-hmm. So yeah, check that out. Okay, so we're going to pick up where we left off last time. But before we get running with that, it is important to bring up that we Googled extrinsic because we were laughing about that. Like it was, I was <laughs> Not using a word. the wrong word. It's totally a word. Yeah. And it means exactly what we thought it, what I thought it did. And we're guessing because our audience are, they're just, you guys are all so brilliant. You probably knew that already. 95% of you probably already (laughs) knew that. And we're over here, the dummies being like, not a word, (laughs) or at least me. Anyway, so yes, intrinsic and extrinsic, internal, external, basically the same. We can use potato, potato. Yeah. It's all good. And we have more options now to use it and we'll use them interchangeably. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So that's a win over here. Nice redemption moment for Jody. It's pretty awesome. Thought you were making up words, but you're yeah, just that <laughs> intelligent. Okay, so let's. We covered a lot of the basics, yeah. the basic definitions of intrinsic and extrinsic, and talked about how some of it relates to parenting. Yeah, and we're gonna pick up this time and talk about how it just relates on an individual level as we just think about our own selves and our way of being in the world, whether we where our motivation comes from. Right. And it probably varies from area to area. Right. So definitely it's easier to talk about bossing other little people (laughs) in a parenting, but bossing ourselves and doing things for like a deeper reason. That to me is just like the human struggle. It is. Like, why don't I do what I know I need to do? Mm -hmm. And that's, you know, that's everybody. That's all of us. I don't know that anybody escapes that or is always just, I mean, I do, I have talked to some people in my life who are really just believe like, I just always do the right thing. And I, I don't like mm. talking to those people, <laughs> quite honestly. We can't relate, that's no. for sure. And I, yeah, I don't, I don't think that, I don't know. I just don't, I just think that we all are fallen. We all struggle. We all have weakness. Yeah. And we aren't going to always line up doing the things that we want to do, mm-hmm. that we know we should do. So yeah, let's, you know what, I, when I think of internal motivation or external ex- extrinsic. Sure. I feel like I have all these options to say. <laughs> is the famous like rubber band on the wrist thing. Oh, really? Right? Remember that? You see oh, people yeah. walk around and be like, don't do that. Snap. And then they punish themselves. Right. Every time it. I want to smoke. I mean, you studied psychology. That's a, mm-hmm. that's a it's behavioral, behavioral, like conditioning. What do they call that? Um, cla- I mean, classical, classical conditioning. conditioning. Yeah. yeah, sure. Yeah. Give myself a little dose of pain every time. So it'll take the edge off that thing that 
I seem to want to do, but I shouldn't want to do. Does that even work? It can. It can work, but not very effectively. And yeah. it, and the results, you know, I mean, it's been a long time, so don't quote me on some of these specifics, but it's on the internet the, now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but some of the most lasting results are pretty intense, you know, like learned helplessness. Yeah. When punishment is too frequent and and you can't give up. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I think using pain as a motivator, external pain as a motivator, doesn't it, you know, short term, it works really well, mm -hmm. like spanking. Right. We get right. results. Yeah. It's the outcomes and they're usually quick. Mm -hmm. They're usually immediate. And so we have this sense of this is a thing. This is an effective tool. Right. And yet it's very short lived. Yeah. Because if you can't always be there to spank, then then what? So I know like when I, you know, I think about external motivation, internal, like I think about the times that you know, where I've been more motivated to be in good shape. You know, I start off because I'm like, oh, my pants don't fit or the external motivator, right? It's like- mm -hmm. I, the, the punishment. The punishment. I got to squeeze into my clothes and it's not fitting. So now I'm, I've got to do something about it. I can go buy more clothes, obviously, or whatever. But like, I know that the times when I have really been the taking the best care of myself physically with, you know, food or, or exercise or things like that, it's been when I've connected deeply to an internal or intrinsic drive, mm -hmm. deep values. I remember one time lifting weights and having this visualization in my mind. I think I told you about this, that like, if I ever had to like carry my wife and children on my back. Yeah. Yeah. And so I'm sitting there doing like deadlifts and I'm thinking like, Jody and the kids. And I'm like, <laughs> you know, trying to like pick you up. <laughs> But like, it. as a dad, as a husband, like it just like lit this warrior fire inside of me of like, oh man, I would do anything for these people, including yeah. getting up early to go work out, which I don't like doing intrinsically. I don't enjoy it. Mm -mm. I'm super motivated to do other stuff intrinsically, That's but true. but things that are, that I know are good for my bone structure, my muscles. Like I know I need to do that stuff. But physically taxing. Yeah. And you know, I'm tired, but like, I, I know that like how powerful that intrinsic drive is and how to get that, how to get that in, in ourselves to do the things that we know we need to do. Mm -hmm. Cause the external stuff, you know, if I had some coach yelling at me to do it, I'd do it maybe sure. just cause I don't want to, you know, I want to get my money's worth out of the coach or I want to like, you know, but it's just not, it's not deep enough. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think a lot about that. Mm -hmm. I think a lot about, especially when there's a struggle and maybe that's the signal to us that there's something worth digging into. When there's a struggle to do something we think we should be doing. Yeah. Because maybe we should be doing it and maybe we shouldn't be thinking about it in that way. Maybe there are other ways to use our energy and our resources and show up and participate in the world. But yeah, to live doing something because we're convinced that it's important because somebody else said it was important or it matters to them, but we haven't really taken time to reflect on how much it does matter to us. Mm -hmm. I mean, that I forgot where I was going with that. Well, let me just, that's okay. <laughs> like what that brought up for me was, I think that there are some times though, that something can be important to somebody else. And then we can like experience their clarity around that. And then it becomes important to us. Hmm. And I think about, and this maybe bleeds over into, you know, spouses and, and motivating people, but I've seen this just in our own marriage, you know, where you've, you know, I'm speaking for myself where you've said something like, 
I'm not going to do this anymore, or mm-hmm. I'm not okay with this, or I don't want this to happen, or I'm, I'm not going to participate in whatever it is, you know, mm-hmm. just fill in the blank. Then I'm up against now, do I really want to keep doing this or not? Mm-hmm. You know, and I really have to sort of, you know, sit with it and look at it. And I've seen this with couples where one person just says, I'm going to stop drinking, mm-hmm. or I'm going to stop watching TV late at night, or I don't really want to talk bad about people. Or I don't feel good about this behavior I'm doing or participating with you. Or I want to go to bed earlier. And it's like all of a sudden you're, you have to do a self-assessment on, on your own values of, I know that's what I've had to do and look at it and say, what do I really care about? Yeah. And take ownership for that. Because now maybe I was just going along with it or just kind of, you know, not really thinking about it externally going along. And then all of a sudden I have a decision point. And I know for me, a lot of changes that I've made in my life have been the result of somebody else's boundaries, whether that was God's boundaries or your boundaries or even my kids. Hey, dad, like, I don't like that or whatever. And I I know that there's been a lot of limits that really do sort of bring up, you know, to me, decision points about my internal state and Mm -hmm. what I really think and feel about something. So I definitely feel like if I'm just sitting around going like, why can't I care about anything? Like, why, where's my motivation going to come from? It's like, probably from the people or the things around you that are important or the things that you either want to have access to or be a part of, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But I, I mean, I think that's a, you bring up an important nuance there that like just only focusing on what somebody else cares about and then just making that part of your life because they said, or it was important to them, or even if you see it being important to them and them living it, and it seems like a really good thing, it may or may not be important to you. Yeah. It's a starting point. Yes, yeah. it, it really is. And, exactly. and That's, sometimes yeah. for the first time, right. we take a look at ourselves and go, huh, what matters to me? Yeah. What really matters to me? Right. Clearly, it's not eating desserts anymore. Yeah. That does not matter to me right mm-hmm. now. So, okay. And maybe someday it will, you know, when my health struggles or when I'm too tired or yeah. my pants don't fit or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. But I, I think that, that when I look at like, why do I do what I do? Why do I get up every day? and go to work? Why do I talk to my wife or my kids the way I do? Why do I, you know, attend church on Sunday? What's driving all of that? It has to come from personal choices. I mean, if I'm only doing things to impress other people or to not be in trouble or things like that, it's not going to last very long. I think people eventually blow up. I think midlife crises, I think have a lot to do with just saying like, that doesn't work for me anymore. Like I'm, I don't have to like, let them be the boss of me or Oh yeah. You just start shedding a lot of that stuff. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, we're in, we're in that phase now just developmentally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's so interesting how mm-hmm. like we can just assume that we are living in a way that is consistent with our values, but our values, maybe not just the, the, the culturally approved of values or the values of the family we came from or whatever. I mean, something as simple as the, Example I'm thinking of is when I turned 40 years old, <laughs> that like a big take home for me was I am 40 years old. I am now a grown woman officially, at least, even though I had been raising a family forever. It felt like forever. And I, yeah. I was like, I get to fold the towels however I want to, <laughs> or not fold the towels, right. or I can throw a wad of rags into a drawer. And yeah. it's okay because I'm 40. I'm 40 years old. And that aligns with what I care about, right. which is not folding rags. 
And a number of Martha Stewart's out there might be horrified, but I can live with it because that's my choice and I stand by it. (laughs) So I think it's a silly example, but it just illustrates really the importance of taking the opportunity to look at our activities, our behavior, what things our personal lives are full of, and how do they align with what we really care about internally, Mm -hmm. what matters to us or not. And sometimes that's a brave venture because you have to be prepared to see that what you care about is not what you wish you cared about. Right. But that's okay. That's a starting point too. Right. Just to go, hmm, I act like that kind of stuff is important to me, but I don't live like that. So maybe it's not important to me like I thought. Yeah. Or maybe I want it to be more important and then I can begin to assess there. Yeah. I love that. There's a brilliant therapy technique, I guess you could call it, or a a method of helping. It's called motivational interviewing. It was designed originally in the kind of the recovery substance abuse community to help people develop the internal motivation to stop using substances Hmm. and getting someone, because so many people, of course, only ever stop when they hit the wall. They get arrested, they lose sure. their job, their health suffers, you know, they have a close call, you know, their wife leaves them, whatever. There, there's just, there's all these external reasons to stop doing it. And then, you know, courts and jail, and there's just so yeah. many, it's so expensive and so costly to try and get people to stop doing these things. And hmm. internally, like the, the pleasure and the rewards of it are so strong and not to mention it has an addictive quality too, but, but it gets into these questions of motivation. So there was this, this method called motivational interviewing that I haven't studied super in depth, but I know enough to be dangerous with it. But the whole basis of it is to help people really look at and examine like why they even care. And it, so it starts mm-hmm. at like, even like a pre-contemplation type thing. And I think a lot of us, I know for myself, sometimes, like you said, I'm not even thinking about or caring about like the rags and the, like, I don't care. Like it's not, it's like, and I have permission to not even have to care about certain things. Mm-hmm. But when something when I run into a wall or I, there's a consequence or it's hurting somebody's feelings, I do feel like a lot of motivate, a lot of internal drive and motivation comes out of our relationships, comes out of interfacing mm-hmm. and interacting with the world, bumping into things. Sure. Initially with our parents who, you know, as children, we kind of learn what the values are. We have to decide what we want to internalize. And we do internalize a lot of them. Mm-hmm. But as adults where nobody really has to boss us, we really mm-hmm. have to get clear on and so motivational interviewing, a lot of the questions are really designed around, it's so like, it's almost like this unassuming approach of like, well, what do you, you know, what do you want? What do you think? Like it's putting it back on the person in such a direct way mm-hmm. where instead of just like, no, look, you really got to stop doing this. Like really you need to stop in the, you right. know, and they're just like, okay, you know? Yeah. But it's such an effective approach because it keeps people in their own hearts and bodies. Right. Just owning, owning their stuff. It. Their choices, their desires, their... And I just think that like individually, if, you know, I just think for myself, like, what is my process? How do I come to that and decide? And and I think it takes time to reflect. I think there's times, yeah, you know, in, in our, our faith tradition where we value prayer and meditation, quietness, going to sacred still places to really be with ourselves. And it's super uncomfortable at times. Yep. Having to really align and look at, I mean, every week in church, you know, sitting there going like, am I aligned with my own values? And I think those checks are important to really look at our own intrinsic motivation. Yeah, for sure. How does it work for you? How do you line that up? I mean, that's kind of my process is 
trying to get still and slow. And then as I bump into things and people, I, I reassess and that's how I, you know, it takes a lot of honesty and I can lie to myself like the best of them. And I have to come back and look at that and say, okay, mm-hmm. that's not really what I want to do. How does it work for you? So I definitely do some of that uh-huh. to a degree, but my body is also like a, a really good mm. signal to me. I start to feel things physically Yeah, when I'm getting out of line from my core values. And so, mm, so I if like I'm, that. if I get too, you know, if I get too busy, if I take on too many things, I start to feel it physically in my body. Mm-hmm. Sometimes if I start going down a rabbit hole of something that's not gonna serve me or the people I love, I can, sometimes I'll get exhausted, like I'll get drained quickly. And sometimes I notice, sometimes I don't. But over the years, I've just learned to read signals in my body about that kind of thing. And I guess to some degree that comes from the fact that certain overreactions, certain physical overreactions in my body are kind of punishing to me. Oh, so you you get like immediate, almost immediate or gradual feedback. Yeah, yeah, I can. And so if physically I'm not, you know, I mean, I'm aging, there are regular life things that affect me and I'm not an Ironman athlete, but there are things that my body can tell me and then I get to a point where I'm like, I'm tired of living like this. So taking that <laughs> feedback and turning it into more of an emotional thing instead of just treating the symptoms of it. For you, it's like, what is this telling me? Almost like a, a dashboard. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. 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 Because I have a tendency to, I guess, one of my beliefs and that my values are based on is that like our our bodies are able to do, to do and capable of doing whatever is needful in our specific circumstance. Yeah. And so if there's a reason why I'm not able to do those things, then something's going, so there's like a misfit. Misalignment. Yeah, yeah. Of some kind. Yeah. So that's. Yeah. Up. But but if you notice, like neither one of us are talking about, we intrinsically do the things we do because we're just like, you know, we're just like so pure and motivated all the time to oh, do yeah. them. No. Well, I mean, even <laughs> on the basic level of yeah. the belief that like after sacrifice and struggle and difficulty here in this place, there will be a place out there somewhere where it will be better. Yeah. <laughs> that like there's still something that's an, an external and may and maybe internal too. I hope I'm moving toward the internal and wanting to just become the kind of person that is, you know, more of a person of substance and character and that kind of stuff and not just so that I don't have to work as hard mm-hmm. later, but there are those elements still. Right. Yeah, I agree. And I think that there's a, a natural development kind of building blocks of, I have a good experience with this thing, so I keep doing it. So like working yeah. out or eating well, yeah, spirituality, mm-hmm. good relationships. Oh, my wife is much nicer to me when I'm not a jerk, you know, or uh-huh. my kids want to spend more time around me because- So I think, again, that's all kind of feedback from the external, but I think there's also an internal reward system. Mm -hmm. I know there is for me of, and I know that as we research this and look at it, like there's, there is like a sense of like personal mastery and toddlers are motivated intrinsically to walk. They just, they, they like something in us that like wants to progress and and progress. And so I think that, yeah, I think that like part of. The struggle I know for folks that are retired is is that they feel like mm. they've sort of been put out to pasture and they don't really have a lot to contribute or grow or develop. And so 
I think as humans, like we thrive when we know that we're growing, developing, contributing. And I think that's just in our DNA. Mm-hmm. And when we get disconnected from that through, you know, addiction or trauma or other things like that, and we kind of stop functioning and growing and developing, we suffer so much. Yeah. Well, which brings up a point that we haven't really addressed yet, which I think really applies here. And mm-hmm. that is the importance in building intrinsic motivation, the importance of competence. Yes. And I'm thinking about our son who just has had some some huge roadblocks recently in his life and felt pretty flattened in a lot of areas. And mm-hmm. he, he just kept saying, my confidence is just shot. Yeah. My confidence is shot. And then we found ourselves in the position of going, okay, so- What resources how, do you need? What needs to happen? And intrinsically, he knew he needed to be able to put things back together on his own and see it happen and see that he was competent. Right. We were running the risk of taking that away from him. We were. Like our own like mama, papa, bear instincts were Mm -hmm. trying to like almost in some ways protect him from all of that. Yeah. And he wanted it. He wanted the struggle. Yep. He wanted wanted to to be able to put things back together in a way that he could feel good about Mm -hmm. and he's doing it and it's It's amazing. It's happening. Um, Yeah. And so I think that Allowing ourselves opportunities to to be competent yeah. can build our own confidence. Mm-hmm. And that really matters. I mean, even just down to the basics of goal setting, Yeah, that if you set goals that are so far out there or that just aren't realistic for, for what your circumstances, then you're never going to feel good or intrinsically motivated in that situation. Right. Yeah. You can't succeed if like the task is too much. And so having small successes does motivate us little by little. And we may end up, you know, like with your watercolor or with a musical instrument or whatever, whatever it is, or even a new habit, having those successes is huge. Mm -hmm. Like I love like in 12 step communities, you know, they celebrate every little win, you know, and maybe that's hard for a betrayed partner to care about somebody doing something they should have been doing all along. Mm-hmm. But it, in in terms of the intrinsic motivation, it starts to build this sense of mastery and, and success and yes. confidence. And that's how we get ourselves out of tough situations and also grow and develop. Yes. Yeah. Fabulous. Okay. okay well, let's pause here. We better. We've yep. got a whole nother layer of this we want to talk about mm-hmm. next time around how to do this in a marriage. Because yeah. you're not a parent and you can only boss yourself. So how do you do it when you're depending on someone else? Mm-hmm. That's where the motivation thing gets tricky. Yeah. So. We'll come back with more of that next time. It'll be fun to talk about some more. Thanks okay, for joining hope us. To see you here.